This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. Hello, this is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts. One of the most heroic men that I've ever known uh, was a a member of a a church that I served as preaching pastor in uh, Louisville, Highview Baptist Church. And he was someone who had married very young to a woman who was much older than he, and she had a son uh, in his teenage years. Now, I didn't know any of this when I first met this couple. The son had Down syndrome and a series of other of other issues. He would often sit on the very first row in the church, and and people told me, uh, his parents told me when I first came there, they said, now, if you don't want him sitting on the front row, just let us know. He likes to sit there, but we can move him. I said, it doesn't matter to me if he sits on the front row. And they said, well, you know, you need to know that if you start talking about anything violent— uh, he's going to get into it. He really gets into preaching, and he's going to exhibit violent behavior. Well, what they meant by that was was anything that has to do with physical fighting or with warfare, which, of course, if you're, if you're preaching through uh, the Bible, there's a lot of that. And uh, they said he could even start throwing hymnals, and, you know, you, you may end up just dodging hymnals. And so, you know, we, we were able to work it through. It didn't, uh, his, his presence on the front row, sometimes he would, he would have some troubles, but, but we ended up making it work. But what interested me was in talking to people in the church, they, they explained to me sort of the backstory, and it was that the father of this young man had married at a really uh, early age to a woman much older, and she had this developmentally disabled son who wasn't all that much younger than the new stepfather himself. And they said what had happened was that this woman's husband, the father of this boy, had abandoned her when he found out that she had a child with developmental uh, disabilities. And when people were telling me this, my initial reaction was, how sorry? I mean, what, what a sorry figure would do this? And they said, well, here's the kicker. He was an evangelical pastor which just really kind of set me off in my mind. But this guy, the man who took this child in and became his father and and really was a father to him, was a picture to me of gospel courage and and servant leadership. I, I was when I would look at this guy, I was often reminded of Joseph, who when he took Mary and our Lord Jesus in as his own, he faced the collapse of all of his expectations for himself. He uh, was taking on a very difficult situation, not only because it's always a difficult situation to start off with an immediate family, but because he had the hostility of, of King Herod seeking to destroy uh, the child. He had to leave and go into Egypt and be a refugee from Herod's murderous threats uh, in Egypt. And remember, this is at a time 
when you don't just uh, pick up and go live somewhere else on a passport. When you leave your hometown, you're leaving behind your inheritance, your support network. It was a risky, risky situation. So when James, our Lord's brother, writes in James 1.27 that religion that God the Father counts as pure and undefiled is that that takes care of widows and orphans in their distress. James probably saw that in the life of Joseph, maybe even had Joseph's face on his mind as he wrote those, those words. And, and I certainly thought of that when I thought of this man in, in, in my church. Now, he never claimed that sort of hero status for, his, for himself, and he probably never even thought in those categories. He just thought a man does what a man does. He loved his wife, and so he loved uh, their family, and he did, he did what, it, what it took to make it work. And he didn't call it heroic, but I'm sure he never called it easy either. Now, there are a lot of people in our churches who have children with disabilities or with uh, special needs. I have two children that uh, arrived in our home with special needs, and thankfully, they were our first two children. We didn't know uh, any different, and so we just kind of thought this is what parenting is, and we just uh, we just did it. But there are a lot of families right now, probably even families that you know. Maybe you're, you're one of them right now. I thought about this when I was reading an advanced copy of uh, a book by Andrew uh, Wilson and his wife Rachel called The Life You Never Expected, about being parents to a special needs uh, child. They have a, a, a child with uh, autism, and so they're giving counsel to parents of special needs children, but also to extended family members and to churches of those who have special needs. And I really would recommend this book to you. I think it's, even if you don't know anybody right now, you will. And this is a good book for you to read to get ready for that. I think it's important for the body of Christ to understand and know how hard it is. And how many of these families around us with special needs children are sometimes, if not often, exhausted and depleted. They have nerves wrecked and mind confused. Not all of them, not all the time. And uh, many of them are, are, are soldiering on valiantly, but, but many of them do. And some of them are wondering is this worth it? Do I have what it takes to, to do this? And I think that that requires a church able to bear one another's burdens. Uh, most of the people that you know who have special needs children didn't go through a course to prepare them for this. They didn't picture this on their wedding day. God had something unexpected for them in their future as he has something unexpected in all of our futures. Uh, in order to do this. But many of them aren't experts. They're just trying to get by. Well, if we're gospel people, then we need to be the people who recognize that we don't live in self-contained, separate families. We are families that are part of a broader family of the family of the body of Christ. And so we all bear the weight and the responsibility of this. 
And so I think there are several things that we we ought to keep in mind uh, about ministering to special needs kids. I mean, I think one of those things is just making clear that every family is dealing with difficulty and that no family has it all together. Uh, One of the challenges that parents of special needs uh, kids will sometimes have is just feeling completely all alone and as though if their kids were developmentally typical, that somehow everything would be the sort of idyllic picture that they see on other people's Facebook walls or in, or on other people's uh, Christmas pictures. And uh, there's nothing wrong with, you know, as a friend of mine said, no one, no one uh, puts in their Christmas albums pictures of them sobbing, crying, and you typically don't do that on Facebook either. But I think we need the sort of uh, teaching and preaching that communicates that uh, parenting is difficult and that families often are going through extremely rigorous times and that this is not some sort of uh, an assessment on the success or failure of parenting and it's not a sign of the, uh, certainly not a sign of the favor or curse of God. Every family in the scripture has difficult situations going on within it, uh, including with children. And we need to be able to give people the freedom to stand up and say, I'm at my wit's end, I don't know what to do anymore, without feeling as though they're declaring parental bankruptcy. I think that's important. I think it's also important that we are able to minister to families in their particular area of need. One friend of mine who has several special needs children uh, said to me that she really appreciates it when people in her church will say, um, can I come over and babysit for you and watch your kids? She says, you know, that's, that's great. She said, but I don't know how to communicate that all the effort it takes to get these children with these particular sets of challenges ready for someone new coming into the house, and then all that it takes to undo it and to work them through on the other end, it isn't worth it for an afternoon or for an evening out. She says, honestly, she said, what I need, and I would never be so bold or audacious to ask is to say, uh, I need someone to come in and to watch my kids for a week while I get away and just regroup uh, with with her husband and and get ready. Okay, not every family with special needs children uh, needs this, uh, but some of them do, and it's often going to be very specific and and individualized. And so one of the things that you can do uh, as a church is spend time not just walking up to that family and saying, what do you need? But find the people who are especially close to that family and come up and say, we want to do some things for this family. What do they need done? Now, sometimes that means that that friend will go to the family and say, hey, what are the sorts of things that you need? Even though, even then, there's a, there's a buffer of mediation where there's not 
uh, the same sort of embarrassment that they feel. I mean, for a lot of us, and I know um, when when my wife and I were going through the adoption process and the post-adoption process, I'm just not somebody who is accustomed to asking somebody for help. I'm, I'm kind of prideful in that way. It's hard for me to do that. Many people experience that sort of embarrassment, and you can, you can help free them uh, from that by finding out what it is that they particularly need done. Uh, maybe even in your church, if you have teaching responsibility, maybe you're the pastor or something else, you can just stand up and say, can you let us know what it is that in your ideal situation you would need the body of Christ to do? Write it down and send it in, maybe even anonymously. And uh, that will give you and the leaders of the church an ability to know what's happening. And then I think it means training children's ministries to be able to deal with children with special needs. And this doesn't just mean one particular thing. It, it means a whole, a whole broad scope of things. Maybe it's the kind of thing, I mean, these parents did me a great service by saying to me, he gets really, uh, really into a situation that's going to be uh, that's going to be violent. So I knew if I'm preaching on David and Goliath, I, I need some reinforcements uh, there to help him to, to to deal with it. Maybe you have a, a child on the autism spectrum who uh, has difficulty relating to other kids in a Sunday school class or a children's ministry class. Or maybe you have a child with fetal alcohol syndrome who um, is unable to just sit sit quietly in a row as you're going through Sunday school. It gives the teachers and leaders of those children's ministry the ability to identify and to tailor their their teaching to those kids and also to watch out for bullying. Kids have a way of reacting to difference and sometimes with great cruelty. Now, you don't have to have some sort of authoritarian sweep the kids up and put them in a bully rehabilitation process, but to come in and to explain to those children, here's the reason why your friend uh, or our friend here in the class doesn't talk very much, or here's the reason why uh, this person is, is crying even though she's much much too old to be crying, uh, by your view, in Sunday school. Well, whatever it is, to have people who are able to patiently teach. And as we do that, this isn't just about special needs children because all of us are special needs people. All of us are broken and fallen, and all of us carry our own special burdens. And so as we learn to accommodate and to minister to children with special needs and their families, we're then going to be able to learn how to do that with the new believer who is coming off of a heroin addiction or the longtime believer who's grappling with uh, depression or whatever the particular burden that you carry or that the, the, the people that God has put in your life carry. I think that's a good a good message for us to think about and to be aware of. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts. Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms 
CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip.